hey, it's Dave, and you know I'm not a fan of pre-rolls, so the fact that I'm doing one, you know this is important, and it's time-sensitive, because March 21st at 5.30 Eastern, myself and my favorite book guru, Thomas Umstadt Jr., are doing a webinar on book launch secrets. And if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch, you'll learn more about it. But I just wanted to get this in here because that's right around the corner. Again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. Today on the podcast review show, we're looking at Joe's daily U.S. history lesson. Thicken up your skin and get ready for a supersized serving of opinion. Delivering constructive criticism and powerful praise, it's the Podcast Review Show. This is the podcast that takes the guesswork out of first-time impressions. You'll discover new podcasts while learning podcasting tips. Join in on the conversation via voicemail, email, comments, and polls. It's all at our website, podcastreviewshow.com. All right, welcome to the Podcast Review Show where we uh, help you identify what you're doing right and maybe just a little tweaking on those things that maybe you're not doing, oh, as good as you could be. Uh, I am Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting, and uh, joining me is my partner in crime, Eric K. Johnson from PodcastTalentCoach.com. Eric, how's it going, buddy? Very well, Dave. How are you? Not bad. And uh, tonight, we have Joe with us. Joe, how's it going, buddy? Great, thank you. How are you? Good. And Joe does a daily U.S. history podcast. And, That's right. And uh, we always like to just get a little bit of what's going on behind the scenes. So what inspired you to uh, to start a podcast? Well, specifically about American history, I just, um, you know, I just, I just feel that I want to bring some American patriotism back. And I felt that this would be a good way to do that. I hear a lot of talk out there these days from uh, college students talking about how bad America has been for the world. And, you know, America has been with its flaws, but at the same time, it's also produced a lot of great things. And I just want to create a forum where I can combine the bad with the good, the ugly, and just recognize that, you know, America has done some really great things for the world. Very cool. You know, for example, I don't know, the American Red Cross that's off the top of my head. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, sometimes so. we forget. And it is. It's easy to. Uh, and also, history is a very boring subject, as many of us know. And so I thought by combining sports and entertainment with that, it would be good for the, you know, the high schoolers and grade schoolers out there to maybe learn a few things and help them with their homework. Now, do you have any kind of like radio background or history background or what, what's your background that got you into this? I started out on radio in 1990. I was on the air for four years. I um, worked at a rock station that changed format three times. I went through two general managers, uh, three program directors, and dozens and dozens of interns. And, um, you know, and then in 94, I decided that I needed to make some money. So I went into the IT business. Ah. So now I'm kind of getting back. But yes, I do have a little bit of a background. Is that, is that ringing any bells, Eric? Heard anything like that? That does. That, that feels very, uh, very familiar. That's Very familiar. It seems to be a running thing when you meet somebody in radio. Well, I did that, and then we went through the, you know, the jazz Just phase. I need to make money. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. one of the cool things about your show is the fact that it's usually around five minutes long, and usually we play snippets of a show. And you're lucky; we're just going to play your whole thing, and then uh, well, there you go. 
yeah, normally we, we kind of do the beginning and then we're just going to listen to the whole thing and then we'll comment about it at the end of that. So uh, uh, we'll go ahead and just uh, let her rip here. Welcome, friends, to January 11th on Joe's Daily U.S. History Lesson. 1908. Teddy Roosevelt makes Grand Canyon a national monument. This magnificent 277-mile gorge has been habitated by Native Americans since the 13th century, and Spanish settlers ran across it in 1540. When President Theodore Roosevelt saw it, he had special plans for it. Leave it exactly the way it is. Quote, You cannot improve on it, but what you can do is keep it for your children, your children's children, and all who come after you as the one great sight which every American should see, unquote. And seeing it is something you just have to do if you haven't already. Rough Rider Roosevelt had a thing for the Old West, even though he was from New York. When President McKinley was shot and died from his wounds, Rough Rider took over and conservation was one of his primary agendas. If you want to check out the park, you'll be one of the 5 million people to do so this year. It features whitewater rafting, hiking, running, or just check out the view. The canyon south rim at 7,000 feet above sea level will absolutely take your breath away. 1877, J. Lloyd Hay sells bad cable. The Brooklyn Bridge, which has four suspension cables, had to be spun out of wire hundreds of feet up into the air. The strength of the bridge itself depended on the cables being spun to precise specifications. Turns out, the cables were inferior. A cheesy contractor named J. Lloyd Hayes won the contract to supply the steel for the cables, and New York City Mayor Abram Hewitt was in on it. Hewitt had a holding interest in Hayes Steel Mill, you see. But what a coincidence! Luckily for the bridge and everyone on it, its designer, Washington Roebling, knowing that Hay was corrupt due to his reputation, designed for the bridge to have six times the amount of cable it actually needed. By the time the inferior cable was discovered, it was too late. And to this day, it's still interwoven into the bridge. All right, Liberty fans, you should like this one. 1937, Battle of Running Bulls. Flint, Mish. United Auto Workers, or the UAW, v. General Motors. The result? A resounding UAW victory. The UAW wanted GM to respect it as being the sole bargaining authority for employees at the company's factories. In general, many sympathized with the union workers, who were simply asking for better working conditions and job security. Almost two weeks into a sit-down strike by GM, workers... On January 11, 1937, riots and tear gas broke out right outside Fisher Body 2 as police shut off the heat, locked the gates to the plant, and removed the ladders that were being used to supply food to the workers. The National Guard was called in to preserve order, and President FDR got involved with negotiators to end this conflict. On February 11th, the sit-down strike was settled when GM recognized the UAW as the negotiator for its members. Moving on to sports news. 1984, Denver Nuggets beat the San Antonio Spurs 163-155, to the highest non-OT scoring NBA game in history. In Super Bowl news, since it is after all that time of year, 1970, Kansas City Chiefs beat the Vikings 23-7. Len Dawson was the Chiefs' MVP. 1987, 
John Elway executes the drive late in the fourth quarter with the Broncos trailing the Cleveland Browns. They started out pushed all the way back on the two-yard line at the end of the game. Broncos offensive guard Keith Bishops boldly said, we got them right where we want them. Really? You're on the two, you're losing this game, and it's almost over. Ha ha. But Elway knew what he was doing and drove 98 yards down the field and into the end for a touchdown, tying the game. The Broncos would win it in OT 23-20. And that's it for January 11th on Joe's Daily U.S. History Lesson. Thanks for listening. If I'm Miller Tackle, yeah, he gonna do a hell of dance. Mail High City, I remember Barrel Man, Game Face on. Yeah, we came to play. Kick the ball to Holiday, he going all the way. Gotta throw the ball to Thomas, I call him DT. Mal High salute you when he get a TD, yeah. I'm talking touchdown, I'm talking field goal, I'm talking Jim Bailey, uh-huh. that boy real cold. Uh-huh. Denver fans get stupid, go crazy. Uh-huh. crazy. We'll see you in the Super Bowl, baby. Denver Broncos, they the truth. Quick to hit you with the Mal High salute. Got the doubters and the haters on mute. From head to foot, Drake down in orange and blue. Broncos. All right, I'm going to go ahead and fade that out. It goes for another 10 seconds. Yes, please. Thank you. Um, for the record, I just thought about this. I can't put this on YouTube. They'll shoot me down quick because it's got all sorts of illegal music in it. <laughs> I, I don't want to start off on a negative, but just so you know, every ounce of music in this thing is illegal because it's a podcast. Podcasting okay. allows you to download the file, which without getting completely geeked out on it, is a mechanical license and the music business too much everyone's chagrin has not figured out what to do with that. So you need permission of the person that wrote the song, the person that performed the song, and the person that owns the rights to play it in a podcast. And if it's somebody I'm really not going to mess with, it's the NBA, the uh, Major League Baseball, and and the NFL. And so when you start playing their theme music, I'm like... And Sinatra. And Sinatra, right. (laughs) Um, So here's, here's a quick question, and normally I would have that faded out completely. My my thought about or my understanding about fair use policy says that as long as I'm talking over it, then I can play it. For instance, if I'm a yoga instructor and if I want to have soothing music in the background, mm. then I can do that. Well, keep in mind, difference here? With, with fair use, that means you get to defend yourself in court. So you could win. Oh. And, you know, so if you get sued, you might win the course, but you're going to have to defend yourself. And so now for the record, there are tons of people playing illegal music and podcasts just as a podcast consultant. I just have to say for what it's worth, do what you want, but I'm not condoning this. I I have to say, just so you know, that's not, you know, illegal. Well, let me ask you this, because I know that there's websites where you can purchase media legally and use it for pretty much whatever you want. Yep. Yep. Okay. So can I do that? Sure. Yeah. Rather than just jacking it off the internet. You buy the use of that audio. So if you go on to Jewel Beat or something like that and you can buy a $1.99 little piece of music and you can use that to your heart's content because you've purchased the right to use that music. Where So that um, is so that is a solution to my problem then. Yeah, exactly. Where radio stations oh, play, pay uh, ASCAP and BMI fees, so do theoretically bars and uh, arenas so where concerts are performed and things like that they pay fair use so if uh 
the New York Yankees want to play music in the stadium, they can because the stadium pays ASCAP and BMI fees or Madison Square Garden pays that. So since you're not paying ASCAP and BMI fees because ASCAP and BMI haven't figured out how to have podcasters do that, it it becomes illegal for you to use it in your podcast. Now you'll hear it in podcasts all over because it's impossible to go police hundreds of thousands of podcasts and hundreds of episodes of all of those podcasts, you'd be out trying to police a million episodes, and that's nearly impossible. However, yeah, but YouTube, I want to be on the screen there, though. Yeah, YouTube has people scouring YouTube. They have and software. I, iTunes, iTunes does as well. And so, if you're on either of those, then they'll come in and, and crack your head quicker yeah. than you. Know. Well, I don't want that. Yeah. What What happened to us is we had a, a previous podcast review show and the guy had it was gospel music and i didn't realize it was unlicensed and we uploaded the video to youtube and youtube's like we can't play this we've taken it down because you're using you know music that you don't know we're, we're like oops sorry so um no but let's go back to a more positive thing uh eric i'll let you start off with uh what you thought of the the content and I love the brevity of it. I think your content solid, Joe. It's an entertaining show. I like the way that you include the variety of topics that you were talking about. You know, we go everything from landmarks to business to sports, and it moves really fast. I like that. Uh, it's almost like little bits of history that you didn't know. So you're not just hitting on the uh, the big presidential pieces of uh, history that most people know. You're hitting on a lot of things that like the bridge, that sort of thing. I like the fact that it's only about five minutes. It's really easily digested. You can get your little history fix each day and move right along. I like your energy. I like your personality in it. I can tell you're reading the script, you know, as I'm following along on your uh, the show notes on the on the website, but it almost has this kind of sports guy doing history sort of vibe to it, which I think kind of works, it, even though it sounds like you're reading the piece. It's almost like a sports caster. So I think that kind of kind of works with the whole speed of the uh, the brevity of the of the piece. So those well, are some things I that I really like about, about show it. notes then, because I don't actually know anything about show notes. Well, your transcription, what you have on your website, what I'm reading along. That's what um, I put on Libsyn, right? Yeah, that's what's on your website too, yeah. So let me ask you this then. If I kind of improvise that a little bit or shorten it or make it sound like I'm not reading it, then do you think that would be a better idea? Uh, No, I think it works the way it is. I like it. Yeah, I like the the way it works. It sounds like you're a sportscaster. You know, sportscasters on TV, they're reading the script right off the teleprompter. And you can tell that, you know, half the time they're reading it, they're – when you try and get a television guy to ad lib, he, you know, he falls apart. I, I like the way you do it, even though I can tell you're reading it. I, I think it works for what you're doing. Right. Cause you can get away with that in news, but I can't, yeah. I can't sit here and go. So Eric, what do you think of Joe's show? Because I thought, you know, I can't read, that's not going to work because it's supposed to be a conversation. But if you're at the news, you can get away with reading it. The only thing I always say is if you're going to read it, make sure there's no, then you kind of lose the ability for ums in your nose unless you're, you're vamping on it a little bit. But if you're doing straight news, we kind of, cause I know somewhere in there, you said something like GM workers. And I was like, is, is that a question? It was kind of, yeah, like, I, yeah, I caught that too. And so that's where I'm like, if you're going to read it, that's fine. But then you kind of lose. And again, it's your show, do what you want. But if you're going to read it, that's fine. 
I've, I've done shows where I've read uh, basically a blog post. You do your best to make it sound like it's not reading. But on the other hand, it's the news. When you watch any channel, they're reading it to it. It's just off a teleprompter. And uh, then the, the beautiful thing, if you ever want to do editing, let's, let's say you, you botch it. Because to me, reading text, like if I read True That Dave legal stuff, got to watch it. I had to resort to garage band drum beats instead of dropping all the sorts of dollars on licenses. Sometimes, you, especially for me, I was reading stuff that I didn't write, so it wasn't in my voice, and I would trip over my tongue. Just pause 10 seconds. Now, 10 seconds is a long time uh, because it makes it so easy then to go in and see where you messed up and then just start over, and you cut out the bad stuff and spitch the good stuff together, and it's a piece of cake. So, Apparently, I missed that one on the editing uh, table. Uh, well, again, it wasn't a huge deal. It was just one that I was like, okay, that was a little like, you know, yeah, I, yeah. Well, it sounded like an interrogative statement when it was supposed to be a sentence. The other thing, at least for me, when New York, New York came on, you lost me because I was listening to Frank. Um, that's and it was a little loud, especially when the horns start hitting. I it was really so. What are you using to to put this together? GarageBand or or Audacity? Soundforge. Okay. Soundforge. You use that, right, Dave? I use Soundforge for editing out ums and you knows. Soundforge is a, uh, a single, I would use, because the cool thing about Audacity is you could have uh -huh. you talking on this and the music completely underneath of it. Now you have complete control over where it starts and stops and the volume level. Where Soundforge, you can kind of mix stuff in, but when you mix it in, you've lost all chance to edit it later because it's all on one track. Okay. So yeah, I would I would switch to Audacity. I I use Audacity. I use Audi uh, yeah heck, Soundforge to cut out ums and you knows because I can listen at one point seven eight speed. And if I'm going to do I any see. kind of you know slicing and dicing of stuff, I do it in Soundforge. Get the file exactly the way I want it, and then you can throw it into Audacity or Audition or or whatever you're using things like that. The thing I like about it is it's not like you're going to go well. I got nothing for tomorrow. You've always got history. So I, to me, <laughs> I like that idea. Um, and for me, when I was listening, unfortunately, I remember I remember the drive, man. That hurt. Um, this is a guy that grew up in Cleveland. And so I some, like I didn't know the thing about the bridge. So I thought it was a good choice of stories. And the fact, I'm, I'm with Eric. I, I'm weird. I like short shows because if it sucks, I'm only at five minutes. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's, it's, you got that going for you. Yeah, and, and so they're not always going to be, you know, gems. But I used to listen to a sports show that was literally like two minutes long. He'd come on and say, did you know that such and such and such? Da, 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 and then here's my, you know, intro and outro. The one thing I did notice, and I'm going to go Ross Perot. I think, think this will work. Here is, that is the huge, that is the amount of space you have to fill up with sound. The bad news is when I was looking at your audio file, 75% of it, right, from here to here, because at first I thought it was just me. There's there's an, a little more normal amount of hiss in your podcast. And when I watch the, the, the show, before you even start talking, it's filled from here to here with hiss. And then your, your voice comes in and you're this loud. So you're louder than the hiss, but behind the scenes, and I now know why, because you're using Sony, Sony SoundForge to mix and you don't have a whole lot of control over that. So again, this isn't a huge thing, but originally when I was listening to it on my my speakers here in my room, I was like, am I hearing hiss? And cuz normally if you're in a room with other things going on, you don't hear it. And 
when I put on my headphones, I was like, oh yeah, we, we have a, a little bit of a hiss problem, but it's, it should be easy to fix. So my, my guess was you might not be, cause it sounded like there was a little bit of room noise, again, just a little more than normal. So what I mean by this is I can sit back here and I could talk to you, but I could turn up the volume on this. And there's a whole lot of room noise going on now, whereas if I get up close, it's just more me. And so it sounded to me like you were recording this and you weren't really right up on the mic. Not that I have to be you're, right up on it. You're you're so intimate in my ear, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a lot of times when, when people do that, then the recording volume isn't as loud as it should be because you want it, it. It's weird in audio. The meter goes from like minus whatever to zero. And so you want it to be somewhere between minus 12 and minus six, and you don't want to go over zero because the lower it is, so I have this much room. And when I fill it up this far, guess what's filled up here? Hiss. And so what you do then is you take the little bit of audio you have and you expand that. Well, you're also expanding the hiss. So everything grows exponentially. Mm, so you, right. need, you need to get a good solid um, audio in there. Again, it wasn't unlistenable. I just, when I first hit it on, I was like, because the first, um, I don't know, half a second to a second of your audio is just, and I was like, okay, what's that? So again, that's an easy fix. You just get it out of there. But that was the one thing that when I was listening, I was like, New York, New York was a little distracting and I already got it. I, I love the fact that you were using it to kind of set the, the tone well, of that, the story. But, but that's a levels issue, right? Yeah. And that's, that's, if easy. I just turned down uh, New York, New York a little bit, then I just kind of missed that when I was I don't know, Eric, editing it. Eric, did you have any thoughts on New York, New York? I always recommend to broadcasters, podcasters, and the like, if you're going to talk over music, make sure there aren't any vocals behind it. You always talk over instrumentals because what you're saying is fighting with what the vocals are saying. I want to sing along to the song, but I'm trying to pay attention to what you're saying and the two fight. So when you talk over music, make sure it's always an instrumental. So I'm not trying to listen to two people talk at the same time. Okay. Yeah, because you, um, you could have like faded out that music and I think it still would have set the tone. Because as soon as I heard bat bat nan, and then when he starts singing, just fade him out. And you've already set the tone. Yeah. We've got it. I, I stood up and started doing high kicks, and then all of a sudden you start <laughs> talking again and it blew my rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Joe, you're you're a new podcaster, and what I would like to challenge you to do with with your show overall is to add a little framework to it. I like the fact that you bounce story to story and story and you move quickly, but it, it seems like the show needs a little introduction and it needs a little conclusion and it needs kind of a, a nice package around it. So it's a little more consistent from show to show in the, uh, in the questionnaire that we had you fill out before the show, you talked about wanting to bring that sense of pride to the, to the listener and bring that sense of pride in America back. And, that really didn't come out in the content because it felt to me that you were just providing facts. You were just providing historical facts and telling us the story. And I didn't feel that sense of pride coming from you. And I didn't hear that set up at the beginning or at the end of the show. And so I didn't realize that was your intended goal until I read the, the document that you filled out after I listened to the episode. I wanted to listen okay. to the episode raw without knowing anything about you or the show. Like I was a podcast or a, a listener. I found it in iTunes, stumbled across it, wanted to listen to it, see what it was all about. And, and I did not come away with that just by listening to it. And I think if you work on your packaging a little bit, 
create a, a strong intro and outro and kind of frame it as such. Maybe add in a little commentary. You can still script it if you'd like it. Just frame that goal within the episode and within the, the packaging that you put it in. And whether that's your interpretation of history or your opinion about what happened or what should have happened or could have happened or how it, it supported or contradicted what America stands for, a little bit of that might add that into, I, I'm not saying make it a full uh, uh, Andy Rooney sort of, you know, did you ever notice uh, <laughs> sort of thing, but you know, put, put a little bit of you into it. What's the deal with I'm body wash? I'm sorry. I mean, I'm trying to wrap my my brain around. I mean, uh, so do we say the Pledge of Allegiance? I'm trying to think of how I could do that. No, I don't know. think you need to overthink it. I think the beginning, maybe maybe 20 or 30 second beginning about here's the show. Here's what it's called. Yeah, welcome here, to the- Here's what it's all about. Here's the date. Let's get into it. Yeah. And, okay. and so it could and be, it. yeah, it could be, if you want to have a, you know, an intro made, it could be welcome to Joe's, you know, us daily history show where we tagline. You got, you got close to it when you said chalk went up for the UAW. I mean, that was, you know, it's, uh, that was getting close to you going, Hey, you know, here's a little bit. Or when you were talking sports scores, that got into it a little bit too, but you know, put a little, just, and not a ton, just a little bit more of you into it which would kind of uh, make it different okay. from other shows. Yeah, I, I got then, the feeling there was a little attitude trying to come out when you said authority. And I'm like, oh, this guy, yeah. I'm like, there's a little fun under here trying to come out. I'm like, so. That's uh, from South Park. Yeah, I was when I heard that, yeah. I'm like, it's, it's, it's Cartman, man. So the younger people will, will hopefully, I'm glad you guys caught on to that. Respect my authority. Oh, younger people will too. Can I have some? Yeah, so. The, it's not authority, it's authority. Exactly. The more you add that into it, I think the more you will come out and your personality will come out. Okay. But you could have like an intro, you know, welcome to Joe's U.S. History Show, where we give you reasons to, you know, where, where we boost well, American pride. Like, uh, here's what we're going to do today. 1770, whatever this happens, 18, whatever this happens, 19, whatever that happens, and let's get started or something like that. What do you think? I... I it's, again, it's your show. I would have it like a generic introduction. Here's the the okay. U.S. history show where we, you know, like Eric says, where we turn your podcast into engaging conversations. And and what's your tagline, buddy? I'm I'm butchering it. Turn your information into engaging entertainment. There you go. Turn your podcast into powerful, profitable relationships. Okay. So within six seconds, I know what I'm going to get from. Now, on one hand, I can code. I can totally say, Dave. It's called U.S. Joe's Daily U.S. History Lesson. I think we know what it's about, but I would still set it up, and it would give you a chance again to maybe say, you know, um, boosting America's pride. Let's talk about what happened today in so and so. You know, that's a real easy fix because I only need to edit that once. Well, that's what I said. The, the, everything that we talk about today, anything that we found, all this stuff was like, wow, this is these are all easy fixes. And it's kind of cool when you when you find the diamond in the rough. And you're like, oh, if he just did this and this, right. oh, this would be cool. Because you do have a cool voice and, and you have a lot of energy. And I was like, yeah, this is this has got some cool potential. Yeah, we just yeah. want to shine up the packaging a little bit. And you'll be all good. I appreciate that. The, it, so here's what I would need to do. And I'm 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 so glad you brought this to my attention. What it's gonna mean for me to do now is I've already done 365 shows on Soundforge. Oh. So now I can have to start the whole thing over again. Ouch. Because I wanted to get the website up. I didn't even know about iTunes until a few months ago. You know, I was just so concerned about the website. And then 
So yeah, there's, that's a lot of work. There's a little website I would direct you to. It's schoolofpodcasting.com. Um, <laughs> yeah. That can walk you through a lot of I just heard about it about a month ago yeah, after but, I started podcasting. I just kind of jumped right into it. Well, and that's fine. Here's the cool thing. I mean, you, you, you've got all that experience under your belt now. And you, I don't right. know, there might be episodes you're like, ah, that one wasn't that good. Well, now you got a chance to redo it, you know? But could you import, like, if you were in Audacity, could you import the episode in and just tag? I yeah. think you'd still tag, have the hiss, right? Tack on an introduction. Yeah, well, um, who had the a great idea? It was, uh, you're going to have to do some learning. But John mentioned, since it's super short, to send it through Auphonic, and that might process your audio a little bit and take a little of that hiss out. Yeah. Auphonics, I'm sorry, who? Auphonics, A-U-P-H-O-N-I-C.com. It's a really cool piece of software that that basically looks at it, adjusts the volume, listens for hiss, and then kind of takes a picture of the hiss and then goes through your file and takes it out. Oh, it does. So. Well, I can do that. Yeah, I've seen I mean, it. I have rough drafts of my thing before I included the music. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. See? Ah, maybe I was thinking after all. Yeah, there yeah you that's all you need. Just yeah. keep that rough draft. Here's the thing. See, if you've got the rough draft, yeah, you could redo these episodes, but you could do them in Audacity and it would take no time. You'd basically run your original file through Auphonic to get any kind of hiss out, take your music, put it in at the right volume, and, and if you want to do any kind of intro and outro, you can mix those in there too, and then just export. And that was the other thing that I found technically that I was like, mm, again, easy fix. You're publishing at 96 kilobits per second stereo. So there's usually typically two settings. No, that can't be right. I thought it was at 120. Nope. It's it's 96. I, I pulled it up and, and yeah. Because there's there's two options. Oh. You have 64 mono or uh. 128 stereo. Some people will do 96 mono, which I thought you did when I first saw 96. I'm like, oh, he's doing the, he's a 96 mono guy. And then I looked at it and it was I, st it's stereo because that's actually less than CD quality then. Well, Dave, you know what I used was I used the default template when I saved these. And uh, I thought the default template was 120. And uh, yeah, apparently yeah. I was wrong, but yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah, so... Um, so can Audacity help me with that too or no? Yeah, you can, you can bring that file in and then export it at... What I would do... I'm not a huge fan of exporting things out of Audacity because it uses a cheaper MP3 recipe, for lack of a better phrase. So I export out of Audacity into Wave, and then you could either save it in in SoundForge because SoundForge uses a a better recipe to save it to 64 mono or 128 stereo, either or. Um, okay. Because the the more you save it as a, every time you save it as an MP3, it takes a little off the top and a little off the bottom. So if I export out of, out of um, you're already bringing in an MP3 that's lost a little bit. And then when you export again as an MP3 and out of Audacity, which again, isn't just the best recipe, it's an extra step, but converting a, a WAV file to an MP3 file is, and for a five minute file is, you're talking 10, 15 seconds. So, okay, that's good. That This is such great information, guys. Um, but that was the one, again, not a huge deal, completely fixable. Yeah. We did find out behind the scenes before we even started this, you're using Lipson for your media host, which is great. They're that I'm big fans of them and Blueberry and everybody else. But you had your show was showing up as December eleventh. Um and thank you for fixing that. Yeah, we fixed that. Um it's a little confusing, and I've told Rob Walsh this. In Lipson you have show 
information, and then you have a thing called your Lipson Classic feed. The Lipson Classic feed is all the information for iTunes, most of it, but some of it might be over here as well. So it's in two places. I wish they would fix that. And you would accidentally put like show notes in the other area because it says, I think it's called show notes, except it's not show notes. It's those show notes. So that is a little confusing. So we did fix that. So, Wait, I'm sorry. Is that under, that's not under destinations? No, there, no, it's not. It's in the upper left, right-hand corner. It's where you're, you're. I mean, I can't pull it up right now. I don't want to pull it up right now and yeah. risk losing you guys, but. But yeah, it's in the. It's, I'm trying to picture it in my head. Yeah, it's. It's when, on the right. Yeah, it's on the right. It's called, I want to say show information, maybe. But when you first log okay. in, it's across the top. And, um, okay. but that's what, that's where I fixed it. So I went in and I was like, oh, okay. and I saw December 11th. Well, thank you for doing that. Yeah. I appreciate that. So I'm learning. I'm going to say that. And like I said, all the stuff is, is pretty simple. It wasn't anything super crazy. When I went to your website, you know, it's nice, simple, nothing too crazy on it. The only thing is that I would add, if it was me, is there's no about page. Like ex okay. explaining. And again, on one hand, you kind of want, do we need an about page? Because it does. It's called. Joe's U.S. Daily History. Uh, but, but a little about Joe would be nice. Yeah, I was going to say a little bit about you. Yeah. And then okay. also a contact page because somebody may really like your show, consider you like a history expert and want you to come talk. Well, if, huh. if there's no way to contact you on your website, you know, you never know. If you want to interact with your audience, you got to give them a way to, to reach out to you. Got it. And then got it. The, the other thing, I noticed right now you're you're just putting in the Lipson URL to the MP3 file, which is fine. It puts a, a player on your website. I would use, even though you're not using Blueberry as the media host, you can use the PowerPress plugin, put the Lipson location of the file into your post, and the PowerPress plugin not only gives you a player, but it gives you buttons to subscribe. And in the end, that's what you want, our subscribers. And... Either you could, A, use the Lipson player, which you could, they, they have a player that you could do that as well, or use the PowerPress plugin, one of the two, but you're you're missing the the ability for people to subscribe to your show. In fact, there, there aren't any subscription buttons on your website. And that was the other thing I was going to say, um, because you want people to subscribe. It makes it easy. It just automatically gets delivered to your phone. And so um, there's a link that iTunes gives you and you can basically make a button on your website and just when people click on it, have it go to that link. They go to iTunes, they click on subscribe, and then they're a subscriber. And so that would be something I would want to add to your website, either a link to iTunes. And, and also you want to get listed in things like Stitcher and TuneIn and um, some other directories. I tried TuneIn and uh, for some reason I wasn't providing the correct yeah, you want URL to, or something. You want to give that RSS feed that's inside Lipson in this case. And, uh, yeah, I, I did that, and for some reason they rejected it. Or I was doing something wrong, clearly, because I don't know how to do this stuff. So okay. that's why I'm making all these mistakes. But you know, uh, just to, just to pause you real quick, since you mentioned that you won't be able to put this on YouTube, is there any way I can get a transcript of this? Because this is a lot of stuff that. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll send you. I mean, it'll be on the it'll be on our show. Um, I can okay. send you a video of everything we're doing. Yeah, it's that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to go through this like four or five times. Yeah, that's well, that's <laughs> you that, guys are giving me some really good information. That's here. that's why we record it. A couple other things again, and these are easy fixes. On your website, you have a slider at the very top with these American images. 
And it right? looked, and it looks like your sliders meant to be about this big, but the images <laughs> you're using are, are kind of tiny. So, you know, that looks horrible. It looks a little because it ends up putting the yeah. the picture in the middle. I would just like maybe find some new stuff. Um, on, okay. On the right hand side, you have your mm-hmm. your categories, which you don't have any, so it just says uncategorized. And then beneath that, you have um, your meta stuff, which is really not used by anybody. Um, and one of them is login. So you're inviting people that are maybe not so nice to log into your website. And so you, I see. you really don't want that on your, your website, you know, and anybody that use WordPress knows that your website.com slash WP dash admin. So you can always bookmark that or something like that. I would just get that off the front page. You're, you're kind of asking for, okay. for trouble. And I guess somewhere in WordPress, I can just go to, uh, yep. go into, um, go into your widgets or is it menus or where is it? Uh, on the side menus, under appearance, pages. go to widgets. Widgets, okay. And you'll okay. see you'll see where you have those. You can just drag them off. Um, okay. But um, Eric, That's easy. Eric, did you have any thoughts on his website? I had one thing on the calendar. Your pull down for your calendar puts them in alphabetical order. Uh, so it goes April, August, December, July, June, May. Uh, right. If, if you can't change that with the theme that you're using, I would put the month number in front of it. So uh, 01-January, ah. 02-February. So they're in chronological ah, order. That makes, ah, I like that idea. That would make it much fix, easier. To, <laughs> you're making this way too easy. <laughs> That's our job. <laughs> make, it, make it easy. As I was reading the transcript of the show, uh, I don't know if you're transcribing it yourself or if you're having somebody else do that or if you're writing it before you read it. There are quite a few grammatical errors in there, so make sure that you proofread your transcript before okay. you post it up there. No, that's all me. And that's, that's all um, me. I need to go over that. Okay. Uh, from what Dave said, there, you know, in the in the questionnaire that we had you fill out, one of your comments was that you're hoping to to create some engagement with your listeners. That you have a comment section, but nobody's using it right now. Correct. And I have a feeling that the reason nobody's using it and nobody is engaging with you is because you haven't asked them to do so. There's no call to action at all in your episode. At the end of the episode, you don't ask me to do anything. You just go, that's it. See ya. And you're out. So uh, Dave talked about maybe putting um, a contact area on your website so people can find you or email you. Uh, but you might want to offer them something. Maybe you offer them a, a mailing list where you're sending them the the three topics of today in history and they get those to their email inbox and then they can go listen to the full episode to explain all of the things that you talk about in the email or something like that. But at least have, on the show, ask them to make comments or or yeah. make a statement. In We talked about um, give, providing your opinion or your uh, interpretation of the history in the show, that might lead to more comments too. Where if you, you if you interpret a piece of history in one way and then ask people what they think, they can comment on the website. That might create some more engagement for you there as well. That's but a great it, idea. I, you, I just really don't know how to do that. Um, don't have, which you, part? The inviting them and sending stuff to their inbox. You, oh, gotcha. You can um you could use Mailchimp. It's free, and you can set up Mailchimp. You can say, "Hey, here's my RSS feed. Whenever something is posted to the RSS feed, turn it into an email, and it'll automatically email them the show notes." Huh. So it's free. 
Um, now later, cool. later when okay. you get like a thousand people on your list, you got to pay for it, but it takes a while to get that many people. Um, that's fine. Yeah. On your list. Oh, uh, one other thing on your website, there's a button there that says March. And when I clicked on it, I was kind of confused. Okay. <laughs> and I, I need to clean that up. Yeah. And I was Do just, some web maintenance. Yeah. You know, I like the fact that you had, it was really easy to, um, to do that. And I was going to ask Eric about this. Because I wasn't sure where I was on this one. The title of your your episodes is the date, and I because when I went into iTunes and looked at it, every uh, listing had the date, and then there was like it was the same. I think you start off every episode with the same sentence. I don't remember what it was. Is this something where you should maybe take like pick one of the highlights, like you know January eleventh, you know? the drive or because you have five stories. It's hard to come up with a headline that has five. Um, so on one hand, I'm like, okay, I, I know what to expect. It's, it's the history thing and it's January 11th. What is that the best use of a headline you think, Eric? Is the, just the date? I would put January 11th dash, the drive, the bridge and uh, the Grand Canyon or something like that where you know, it's a, it's a teaser. It doesn't give away the story, um, but it kind of teases what the episode is about. You know, oh, what about the Grand Canyon? Let's let's find out. And this you know. is an iTunes you're saying? Well, in, in this case, yeah, when you're making an episode and also on your website, when you're doing the, the show notes, because really all a podcast is, it's a post with media associated to it. Now, in your case, your media is at Libsyn, and you're telling iTunes, listen to what's coming out of the Lipson side of it. And then when you put Lipson on your website, when people click on play on your website, even though they're on your website, it's still playing from Lipson. And so when you put the information in Lipson, yeah, instead of where it shows the episode title, that's where you want to make, maybe, you know, jazz up the headlines a little bit, just as a teaser, because in, uh, in podcasting, as it is with all media, the people don't, like people don't read books. They look at the title, then they look at the cover and things like that. So with podcasting, they, the, your headline, the, the title of your episode is the headline. And so when I see, oh, here's a history show, and this has little intriguing little headlines, and this one just says January 11th, January 12th, January 13th, this one looks like, oh, this, this I wonder what the Grand Canyon in the drive, who, is somebody driving into the Grand Canyon? Wonder what this is about. Click where this one is just, I don't know, it's January 11th. So anytime you can come up with something to entice people, it might help. You do that in the, uh, in the Libsyn at the top where you title it, you want that to be your headline. So, because that's, what's going to populate in iTunes and you want that headline to get people to push play on that particular episode. So whatever so, you put up there in that title, make that the strong headline. That makes sense. Okay. I can work with that. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Where to put that in? Uh, you're talking about the title in Libsyn. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. So that's when, easy. When you go in and you say content, add new episode. It's uh, right. It's let's see title. It's yeah. And then the January sub, 11th. Yeah. And then the yeah. subtitle is where you know you can also put more information there as well. And then you ah, have, then you have see, the description. I've been putting, so okay. So you notice I've been putting Joe's Daily U.S. list. So instead. The subtitle should be more information then. Sure. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. Maybe sub headlines. So for instance, if I have, I don't know, February 24th, 
uh, Battle of Olesty, followed by, and then in my subtitle, I could have sub headlines 2003, you know, Station Nightclub Fire, blah, yeah. blah, blah, something like that. Yep. Or just cut out the year and just, because I, I know what you're saying. Like, just do the drive, do the, do, do the range and, or, you know, the, the fort, the park. Right. Is somebody driving into the park? Like, I see what you're saying there. And, and, and that's kind of a cool way. I'm just trying to separate that from, or should I just do it by my headlines and subheadlines? You see what I mean? The the main headline is the title. The subtitle, where the show's up, is in iTunes, the title is on the left, the subtitle is on the right, which is basically your brief description. And then you also want to put things in the description, the big box. So there's where you could really expand on here's what this show is about. Okay. And, and if there are any links to anything you would mention or anything like that. Is where that goes. Okay. So. But what I, what I would recommend, Joe, is that when you create those headlines, make them a tease. Don't just um, flat out tell them the story. So when you say, I, don't just say, say this year, blah, blah, blah happens. When you say 2003 station nightclub fire, I know all I need to know. I mean, why should I go listen? You just told me what happened today. It was the station nightclub fire. So if you put, if you in the subtitle, if you just put Great White, comma Grand Canyon, comma Golden Gate Bridge, got it. Then got you, it. Got well, it. Got it. So a T. Yeah. yeah. Tease them. Tease them. Get them. Create some anticipation for the content that's coming later on in the episode. Are you okay, Joe? I was. I felt bad because when I was looking at the web, I'm like, man, this is. I feel like it's a little bit of a long list. But the good news is, it's all fairly easy to to fix. It's like I said when uh, when I listen to your show, I'm like, wow, this is a, a cool idea. And it's quick. It's to the point. I liked your energy. And uh, I was just like, if we could just tweak a couple little things here, I think it would be, uh, you know, it, it would, you, you can add like 10% more effort and get 100% return on that because everything's super um, easy. And then Joe was gone. We lost him. We lost him. Well, we were pretty much, I think we were pretty much done. Eric, did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, we ran through all my points. I'm okay. good. All right. So, um, so Joe, we can, Eric can hear you now. You can't hear Eric, but he can hear you. You know, in general, like I said, we both liked your content. It's a great idea. And we, we think you've got a good voice and good energy. And, you know, for a guy that's got 11 episodes under his belt, you know, I was like, wow, this is okay. This is right where you need to be. And you're making some of those little, little mistakes that, you know, you, you dove in and you dove deep. That's great. Um, now we can step back and go here some things you can do to, uh, to get you on the right track a little better and a little faster and help you get those things you want, like a little interaction and um, things of that nature. So we want to uh, thank you for taking the time to uh, come down and uh, get your show reviewed. Did you have any questions for uh, any questions for us before we let you go? Hold on a second. I got to put you on speaker. So what I'm trying to do to this is go wake down podcast and then put on terrestrial radio. Now, I know that's not you guys' thing, but this kind of feedback that you're giving me is, is I mean, I can't thank you guys enough. You know, you guys are great. And uh, I probably will have some questions later on. But if, as long as you can just let me know how I can get back to this, uh, this feed and, and uh, not this feed, this, this episode, so I can listen to it. Oh, yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll uh, send you the audio. I'll send you the video. It'll be a piece of cake. I don't have anything else. You guys, you know, I mean, I have a ton of things. 
this before. I just, I'm, I'm new at this. I don't know if I'm doing anything wrong, doing anything right. You told me about the title, the subtitle, and all the stuff, and I'm really grateful about that. So, um, I'm yeah. sorry if I'm just talking out, thinking out loud is what I'm doing at this point, because I know once I let you guys go, that's it. That's the end of it. Right. <laughs> so, We're gone forever. Yeah. <laughs> so. But at the same time, you guys gave me a ton of stuff that I can do. Like they said, a lot of it's TV stuff. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, Joe. Well, hey, everybody. Great. Yep. Thank you. And uh, again, everybody, you can find Joe Show at Joe's Daily US History Lesson.com. So that's so. What- Joe asked. Joe asked about getting this show on terrestrial radio. It's long for a terrestrial radio segment and it's too short for a terrestrial radio segment if it's going to be this day in history and you're hoping that terrestrial radio will carry it it's probably got to be 60 to 90 seconds so it can just be a little piece that they can put in around a commercial break that they can sponsor or it has to be a 30 minute show that can take up a, a block on talk radio and neither of which i think would have much uh marketability in the terrestrial radio realm, unless you're pitching it to small market AM stations or small market full service stations um, that aren't rated, that are looking for content to plug in, that would be possible. But if you're looking to get it on in Cleveland or Chicago or Poughkeepsie, uh, that it probably wouldn't happen unless it was a small 60 to 90 second segment that they could go out and sell something around. And then I'm not sure how Joe would make money doing that because stations wouldn't pay for it. There's so much free content out there from uh, network and barter services offered to radio stations where they'll go out and sell it. So it might be a 60 second, uh, this day in rock. And they'll come on and say, uh, this day in rock, uh, great white makes history uh, more next. And then there'll be a 30 second commercial, which the network sells. Then there will be a 30 second commercial which the local radio station sells, and then they'll come back with the uh, station nightclub fire 60-second story about what happened at the station nightclub. And it's all kind of in one big package. So the the provider's making money and the station's making money, but you're going out selling it 30 seconds at a pop because you're selling it across a network of radio stations. It's a lot of work, and uh, it's not a lot of money. Radio's, that's a tough gig. Any way you slice it, you know, and then I know now with the, uh, the new rates that, uh, now did, did rates go up for traditional radio stations as well? I know they did for streaming radio station. That's why live 365 is pretty much dead in the water. Well, uh, you're talking about licensing fees, yeah. uh, with ASCAP and BMI. No, it's, it's still the same. It's, it's a percentage of revenue. Radio stations don't pay a flat fee for ASCAP and BMI fees, uh, they pay a percentage of revenue, and it, mm-hmm. that is set at the National Association of Broadcasters. They work with ASCAP and BMI, and they set that rate. So whatever your revenue is for the year, you take a percentage of that, and you give that to ASCAP and BMI, and then they distribute it amongst their uh, member artists. See, and that's why that doesn't work for podcasting, because you know, 15% of nothing is um, right. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Excellent. Exactly. Well, um. I want to plug your show before we get off this. Your last episode about, which was actually inspired by uh, Doug from Mind Drippings, 
uh, you, dug, yes. you you went a little deeper into how to really kick off your show. And I was like, you know, that's why I like hanging out with this dude. He's, you, you had, that was a really, if you haven't heard that show, go over to podcasttalentcoach.com. During, during our last episode of this show, we talked to Doug over at Mind Drippings and he was having a real tough time getting into not only his episode, but into his, his interview. And that introduction is such an uh, important piece to your podcast. And so many podcasters struggle with it because we always hear that same question. Tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are and what you do. And it's such a generic, bland, throwaway question that wastes time. And it frustrates me when I hear podcasters do that because they do it. It's, it's like you only have eight weeks to be a new, new and noteworthy. So many people hear it and regurgitate it that it becomes fact. Well, so many people ask that same stupid question at the beginning of their interviews that I just want to strangle somebody. And it's such an easy fix, but I, people don't understand that they need to fix it to make their interviews more engaging. So that's what my last episode on Podcast Talent Coach was all about, the importance of that introduction. And then the episode that I'm posting tomorrow will be how to fix it. How to, how to create an intriguing introduction, how to create an introduction that grabs your listener by the collar and pulls them into the episode, and makes them want to listen to your entire episode rather than the first five minutes. And then, hey, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. And then they go, yes, yeah, see ya. <laughs> exactly. So, but I did love your uh, your episode with the real Brian here for patting each other on the back. Yeah. I just listened to that the other day. I caught up on your last two episodes and he's such a great guy. And, and that's, that was a fantastic conversation. It wasn't really an interview. It was just the two of you guys talking the state of podcasting and, and what you need to do to be successful. And it was, it was a great episode. Yeah. We, uh, we completely derailed from our notes. It was kind of funny. <laughs> so. I could tell, but you know what? That's what I tell people. You, what you have on your paper for your notes, for your episode, that's just the guidelines. Yeah. If you get into a better conversation, great. It's, it's better content anyway than what you had written down run with it. Don't worry about what's on the paper. Worry about creating great content. Absolutely. Well, where, where can people find your stuff? You can find my show and everything Podcast Talent Coach over at podcasttalentcoach.com. My worksheet's there to help you create all sorts of great content. They're free. Just enter your email address and your name and I'll send those over to you and that's where you can find me. And you can find you where? At schoolofpodcasting.com and if you'd like to have your podcast reviewed, uh, go over to podcastreviewshow.com slash review me, and uh, we'll set up a time and a place and get you on the show. If you're a little nervous and you don't want to come on the show, we can also review your show without you. If uh, for some reason that is something that's holding you back, we do have that option for those that are a little timid. We understand that, and uh, we can do it without you. We'll do, you just pick the episode you want us to hear, and then we'll talk about we'll talk about you behind your back. It'll be great fun. <laughs> it will be great fun. In this show, we always get a lot of great feedback from from podcasters that do appear on this show and have us uh, review their podcast. They get a great deal out of it. It's like getting two coaches uh, in a in a little one hour one on one session with you to help you create better content and uh, uh, better call to action with your website. Just help you all the way around. We'd love to have you uh, be part of the show. So stay tuned in, stay subscribed over at podcastreviewshow.com and we'll see you again with another episode. Hey, it's Dave. Thanks for sticking around here. Again, this is not the norm, but we've 
kind of got a time-sensitive issue here because this webinar is March 21st about book launch secrets. It's myself and Thomas Umstadt, and then he's going to talk about this course. And it's going to basically go over everything you need to know about launching your book. And you'll learn proven principles and methods to help your next book or get your first book off the ground like a rocket. Thomas, the same way that I live and breathe podcasting, Thomas lives and breathes books. And then what's beautiful about it is his kind of mentor, James L. Rubart, it's kind of like getting Han Solo and Yoda at the same time. And the reason I think this is so important is this is the last time they're teaching this course. Now, the webinar you're signing up for, absolutely free, and you're going to walk away with a lot of great ideas and an offer. We're not going to lie to you. They're going to talk to you and ask you to take this course. But there's so much value in just the free webinar. I wanted to let you know that it's going on and it's happening very, very soon. March 21st. Look at the calendar. Yeah, that's like, holy cow, it's coming right up. All you have to do is go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. That's schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. I can't wait to see you there.